Hi, I'm Chris Roberts, and this is Late Night Vacuum. Wonderful and lovely fans of Late Night Vacuum, this is Grockies bringing you a Dustbuster-sized update. Dublar absolutely hates that name, which is why I'm choosing to use it. Haha, Dublar, fuck you. <laughs> of course, I would have to start off an episode with such crass wording, because I don't have Dublar to bounce it off of, and I miss him. As much as I'm sure you all do as well, except you got to hear him last week for the update. So this week in Star Citizen, we had, uh, we had honestly, the big thing I'm going to be really talking about here, uh, Bug Smashers, uh, that's one of them. And it, it was a fun uh, seeing Mark Abent have to give up the reins a little bit there. Uh, he, he had to pass them on. Though much to a chagrin, sadly. And uh, I believe it was uh, Forrest Stefan. Forrest Stefan stepped in, sort of. You should check out that episode to find all of the humorous moments in it, as well as some lighting that might be reminiscent, wording, of Are You Afraid of the Dark? If anyone remembers the Midnight Society in that little opening, I can only really think of the flashlight under the chin there for parts of that lighting stuff and the bug that they showed off. So, for me, fun little episode. A little bit of nostalgia in there with the, the whole chin situation. But the much, much bigger part of what was going on with Star Citizen was all condensed around around the universe. The... Uh, they called it the Choice and Consequences, the Mission System episode. And that, to break it down in a nice bite-sized little chunk for all of you, uh, essentially the developers showed off what is now Subsumption, what Subsumption has become. And some of the big highlight notes in them talking about this were things like the fact that Subsumption required a lot of other systems to come into play in order to get it active and working. Uh, I know this is something Dublar and I have discussed in previous episodes of Late Night Vacuum, and that is a big thing in game development. And when you have to rip up the initial foundation with the way that they're going, uh, they have new netcode coming in eventually after 3.0. I believe it's slated for 3.1. Uh, you have a lot of the reworks of different parts of the system because they got further along technologically than they thought with things like going down to what is initially for us going to be moons, but should scale to planets as well as updating everything to the item system 2.0 and all the hooks and necessary parts of the engine for that, that all ties together to make subsumption because the AI that they use to give missions, to create events, to interact with, to interact against, if you're fighting against them, it isn't just a ship with some AI you know, game AI, not true AI, I hope. If SIG's building real AI, I'm actually scared. Um, but the the game AI built into things like a ship. Initially, it would just be put into that ship. However, in true, <clears throat> pardon me, in true CIG fashion, 
of course they would want to do something where that ship is instead controlled by a NPC character that's sitting in the ship is affected by the forces and the physics of that universe. So if you somehow say it's a boardable ship can get into that ship, you might be able to interact with or take them out, maybe negotiate with them eventually. The AI and the subsumption pieces, it all boils down to what's going on with those characters. And they finally got enough systems online to start to build that out. With that comes a lot of work because they don't just want to create a bland kill 10 rats, come back to me. It isn't a generic MMO they're trying to build. They're trying to make it living and breathing, meaning they want reasons behind what goes on for all of these NPCs. They, they want them to have at least the feel of a backstory. They want them to be able to interact with the world in a way that matches with that backstory, what they do, what they're going to pick up or put down or buy or, or uh, request. All of these things are going to be tied into something that makes the universe feel more living and breathing. So th that's a big, big undertaking for them. But we, we finally started to get to see pieces and parts of that. And the way they're setting up the missions and the idea behind it, the path they're taking, that's that's critical for me. That is the direction of the game. That is what the people at the top are giving down to all of the designers around it and the coders. This sort of direction is to give them a a type of mission setup to give to us that ends up being where all right so the area happens to be more heavily patrolled so you the pirate that comes after you you know this guy's gonna be maybe desperate because they really need to possibly pay someone off or they're a little bit nuts because it's a heavily patrolled zone and because it's heavily patrolled when you get the mission, hey, you know, someone throws up a beacon, I'm in trouble. The response of people looking to help is likely to be far, far heavier than with pirates. However, you flip that, it's a little less patrolled area. It's far nastier part of the verse. It's going to flip. You might get more pirates requesting help if you show up and start to hurt their guys. They might have backup waiting. So... It's there's going to be a, a push and pull with that. And from that, it can actually spawn more missions. So players might show up and you'll end up in a nasty dogfight. But then those people can call their friends. And now you've got a full-on scrum going on. you got a furball in space. Maybe just some fighters. Maybe cap ships show up. So you never know what's going to trigger a PvP situational event. You don't know what's going to pull players into this engagement, what might form alliances, what might form rivalries and malice and, and have people butting heads and hunting each other down. So they want to create it in a way that it gives us adventure, the, the, the tools to have adventures happen. So that is a, critical piece of design that I'm happy to see them going with. Uh, the final part, and it was actually at the front of the ATV, was the burndown that they've been doing every single week now. And as they went over the burndown, we got to see them actually discuss a bit of a new direction around their approach to 3.0 as it comes up to Evocati. Uh, for those that might be listening new that haven't heard the term Evocati, Evocati is a volunteer test group of the community who have been selected by the developers and 
are under NDA, so they can't talk about what they're going to be testing. But it, from the information we've gotten from the dev team, it isn't the fun idea that people, oh, they get to see it first. Not necessarily in the way you might want to. Uh, they might be going in there to work through a crash situation where they need more logging behind it. So they need more data from more systems. So the Evocati team might go in there to crash every 30 seconds on purpose. Uh, they might be directed to, hey, only test this small thing specifically and that only. If you go outside of those bounds, we can't use anything you're doing. This is that stuff is turned off. This is all you have right now. So it is a community volunteer focused test group. And as I was talking about just a moment ago, in the part where it was Aaron Roberts at the table speaking to other of the, the team and talking about the approach. Now what they're looking at is more of a scalpel approach rather than the machete through the brush. When I talk about that with QA, machete through the brush, you're whacking at every single bug that comes up. It's a huge thicket, it's a mess, and you're just trying to hack down every single thing. Scalpel approach, you're going more precise. You're you're looking surgical, and that's the direction they're taking now. So what that has done is the critical bugs that needed fixing dropped from, I believe, mid-70s into like the mid-20s, because what they're planning to give out Evocati is a smaller piece of 3.0 to start with so that they can get a larger group hammering on it to get more of the bugs found because this is a very, very large portion of the core of the game and a large test force like that, as they saw from the Gamescom and having the demo slice that they had there, a lot more bugs were found than maybe were expected because players are always going to do things in an unexpected way. And with QA, especially if you're getting build after build after build, you may not have the time to ad hoc like you want. You may not have time to go off book. So when you're running the same test cases, you're finding the same bugs. And because of that, you find less and less bugs. Doesn't mean there's necessarily less bugs there. They're just not in what's been written down. So that that is a part of what it is in the QA industry. Uh, in development, it is just a part of the nature of it. So the refocus that they're going for to give Evocati a smaller slice of what is going to be 3.0 and refocus, redirect, and then basically have them just go after this one piece and find every bug they can will give a better experience to everyone when they finally get it. It'll also mean the foundation doesn't have cracks in it, and that's a big, big part of going forward. No cracks in the foundation, you can start stacking on all those other pieces far more easily, and these are the points in development and this is why i've been waiting for 3.0 for so long wish it hadn't taken so long but these are what need to get done in development so they can finally speed it up this is very critical time for cig we're gonna see how they how they get 3.0 out to evocati how it uh, does when they finally can show it off to the public a little bit more with more public ptus what it looks like when the streamers start showing it off because they do some very interesting and weird things, myself included, and uh, we'll, we'll see how it comes together, but th this is going to be sort of that that very, very critical time. This is uh, kind of a make or break update for them, so they have to get it right. 
Anyway, uh, this was Grocky, so you can find me, as always, at twitch.tv slash Grockies, G-R-A-K-E-E-S, as well as on Twitter under the name Grockies and YouTube under the name Grockies. So thanks for listening to this uh, Late Night Vacuum solo update. <laughs>